from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. We'll see if your time is there, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Hi, I'm Michelle. And this is Mark. And today we have Macy Miller from Mini Motives. Macy is, you know, that sound should not have happened. Oh, that, must have been, <laughs> that must have been on your, was that on your side, Macy? It, it was not. It was? Was not, huh. Okay, well, anyway, it's funny. Back to perfection. <laughs> 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 Love those technical goobers. So, so Macy Miller is, uh, everybody knows, if everyone doesn't know Macy, they certainly know her, her tiny house. Her tiny house has been become one of the icons in the tiny house movement on her gooseneck trailer. Um, she uh, is famous for Mini Motives, I think, is her website, and also a Facebook page, which is tremendously popular, called... Tiny House People! Tiny House People. Yay. So I'd like to welcome Macy Miller. Hey, Macy. Yay. Hey, thanks, guys. So, every, every time I say Tiny House People, I feel like I should have like a, a caveat or something. It says, I can't use the term Tiny House People without giving you credit. <laughs> well, that, that's weird. I just I took the most generic name that I could find, and you know it worked. I guess. <laughs> when I think of tiny house people, I think of you know Matt Roloff and his wife, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Anyway. That Mom, moment of silence yes. for the tiny yeah. house. Wow. <laughs> good morning, Macy. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? You guys seem like you've had as much coffee as me, but you're more chipper. <laughs> well, I always have lots of coffee available because I work for a coffee company, so that's really nice. But uh, but Mark is actually running. Actually, we're all running a little late this morning. Um, actually, it's the inverse because usually I'm a little late, but today I was way early. I got here a quarter till. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, enough about us. Let's get back to tiny houses. So Macy, you're you're Michelle says you're really 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 pregnant or well i mean you know let's start with no, no, it's tiny house. Very, very true. i'm really really pregnant i'm actually having contractions this morning so if oh. i cringe you know what <laughs> wow that'd be awesome it's, if we could like it, it, a full -blown it would be awesome show. if you could do that please that'd be nice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're good i'll hang up use it do you know you, do you know what you're having uh, a baby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That sound earlier. That was a contraction. <laughs> that was anyway. <laughs> Do you know the the gender? Yeah, it's a, a little boy. Awesome! Awesome! Congratulations! Yeah, a little girl and a little boy. Nice. We were talking on Tiny House people and trying to pick names, and I think we all went with Mr. T, right? That's the nickname, Mr. Tiny. Nice. Mr. T for Mr. Mr. Tiny. Awesome, Mr. Tiny. So, Macy, tell us, um, so, uh, except for your family plans, which are, of course, eminent and ultimately important, of course, but what are you working on these days? Um, what's what's going on? Oh, gosh, I, I work on stuff all the time. You know, my role in the community, I try to take a, a more reactive stance than a proactive stance, uh, which is kind of the purpose of the group, you know, the, the Tiny House People group. Um, I, I try to help people figure out what they need to figure out. And the only way you can do that is have them have those conversations and then pipe up when you can. So I'm constantly in reactive mode, trying to help people along their path. Um, my big project right now is planningtiny.com. 
Um, that's where I'm documenting kind of the technical side of tiny houses. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to approach a tiny house. There's a lot of different right ways to approach a tiny house. And there's certainly a lot of wrong ways too, but, um, my goal is to kind of outline the options you have and maybe some pros and cons of, you know, making this decision over that one and letting people find the right decision for themselves. So that's kind of why I started planning tiny and, and tiny house people goes alongside with that, uh, just to try to figure out what it is that people need to know. Which is I'm, I'm in the industry, you know, I, I work in architecture as my day job. And so some things are kind of more intuitive to me because I've been trained on it, you know, right. but it's always nice to hear from other people on what it is they're lacking and what they need to know more about. It's funny that you say that you actually answered the question I was going to ask you, which was, does having an architecture background give you an advantage over other people who are trying to build tiny houses? Just that I'm more comfortable in the, in the realm, you know? Mm -hmm. But, but you had said on your website that it, it, your architectural background didn't give you the practical on the ground experience of actually building something. Exactly. That's why I did my project actually. Um, so architecture degree is essentially a glorified art degree, you know, um, they teach you about design and, you know, form and, and function. But when it comes to actually putting something together, I find it's a really lacking degree for that. And so I wanted a, a real life project that had all the systems, which is why I started my tiny house project. Uh, cause I know about them in theory, you know, but that's a lot different than actually doing it. So it was an effort for me to learn the hands-on side a little bit more. And I learned that, you know, that's hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, what's that noise in the background? Uh, grandma on a walker. I've got my grandpa or my dad watching my kid. Oh, so you're, you're, <laughs> not, are, you're not in your tiny house right now. No. Oh, okay. Where are you? We've got to stop now. Then. <laughs> where Where are you? My vanish. No, I, I came out to my folks' place so that my dad could watch my daughter. Oh, right on. Cool. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you. So, uh, so architecturally and from a design perspective, and of course, in the realm of tiny houses, what surprises you the most? Are you surprised by the loft designs, by the home designs, by the what? What surprises you the most from a design perspective? Gosh, I don't know that anything's real surprising to me. Um, I really like it because the small spaces really push the imagination. Uh, I think they're easier to for me to grasp than, you know, a wide-open canvas that is anything. Uh, so my day job, I work in commercial architecture because, you know, nobody pays for residential architecture. Very few architects work in residential. Um, so when, when we're working on a commercial job, you know, the sky's the limit. The canvas is completely blank. And I find that to be really difficult and you have to kind of flesh out, you know, the right questions to ask to get to the end goal. And then, you know, people aren't really that invested in the space because it's their job or, you know, it's where they go to work or whatever. Uh, but when it's your house, people get so much more invested in it. Uh, and, and when it's a, such a small space, everything is critical. Mm -hmm. And so it's really fascinating for me to watch how people solve different problems. Um, and it's continually, like every day, somebody comes up with something I wouldn't have thought about, you know, but it makes sense for their lives. And, you know, every once in a while, like like the mini embed, you know, that I, I wish I had seen that before I did my tiny house because I would have done that, you know. Um, but, no, I, I just love watching 
the different solutions people come up with to solve, you know, different variations of the same problem. Interesting. For a little bit there, Macy, you were talking like an ar- like an architecture. I would imagine, like, well, I just love the idea of the blank canvas and the way. <laughs> <laughs> but then you came back down to earth for us. Oh, artsy, artsy. <laughs> yeah, artsy, it's, it's hard when you you have nothing to go off of. You know, that's half the job is trying to figure out what it is you want in something. And and tiny houses are cool because everybody knows how they want to live, even if they don't express it. You know, yeah, they've got ideas. So kind of trying to flesh that out has been fun for me. Speaking of ideas, I was fascinated that the idea of your tiny house came as a result of a dream. Do you usually listen to or heed your dreams or bring your dreams into reality like that? Uh, Yeah, I keep a notebook. (laughs) I I have weird dreams all the time, if only for entertainment value, you know. Uh, But yeah, that one was, uh, that was a cool dream, I have to admit. That house looked a lot like my finished house. Nice. Did you sketch? Were you? Do you, have you always had? Um, have you been sketching since you were really, really young? Is this is this an ingrained passion for you? Yeah, I. You know, the first time I said I wanted to be an architect, I was in second grade. So, I've been drawing floor plans like my whole life. It's yeah, <laughs> redesigning my room every day. You know, I rearranged my room weekly. It was kind of the family joke. But <laughs> so, you know. what's your design style? Has your has your commercial architecture career affected your design style? No, I mean, sorry, it's Idaho doesn't have a great architecture scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> even, even working in architecture, you know, it's. Uh, it's not very cool projects, honestly. I, I mean no disrespect to our clients, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not very thrilling, you know. So I don't know that my career has so much impacted, you know, my style as much as pay the bills, you know. Right. Um, I, I've always liked clean lines, contemporary, you know, modern. Sort not not too modern though. Too modern gets stark for me, but. Um, Something simple, clean, plain, natural materials. Um, I'm really into sustainability. That's kind of the main reason I got into architecture is to impact, you know, the pollution in the world. You know, 70% of pollution comes from our built environment. So if you can impact that, you can do you can do good things. So um, I, I'm, I'm very much form follows function. So... It's it's less about aesthetics, but aesthetics definitely play a role. So it seems like there's a there's a element of who you are that shows up in your entire life, including this idea about um, living in this tiny house. Where where do you think all that comes from? It sounds like you've even you've even kind of found your niche in the world. Would you agree with that? I I feel like it. I mean, it's a constantly changing thing. You are always striving to follow that niche, and and my life is changing. You know, as you know, I had my daughter, and then now pretty quick my son. That changes things significantly too. But I think it's important to be true to that and follow. You know, it comes because I have a very good support system behind me that kind of you know, meets Maslow's hierarchy of needs. All of my security needs are met, and I can go into that self-actualization a little bit deeper than I think a lot of people get to do. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's awesome. So so what does what is it like living in a tiny house? With, how, how old is your, is your daughter? She is 18 months on Monday. Oh, wow. What's wow. It, and, and you, I presume you live full-time in your tiny house. 
Yes, absolutely. What's my it? partner, myself, my daughter, and our dog, and soon-to-be son, and 232 square feet. And it sounds absolutely insane when you say it out loud. I realize that. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's not. It's it's something that's really difficult to explain. Um, people just have a hard time fathoming that, you know, that many people can live in that small of a space. But design has a lot to do with the functionality of a space, and it works really well for us. What? I, it, honestly, I don't miss anything. I have missed a bathtub. I could have put a bathtub in. I didn't think I would get pregnant <laughs> necessarily right away. Uh, but through pregnancies, the only thing I've missed is a bathtub. Wow. Uh, and everything else just works for us, you know? Where is your tiny house? Well, I'm in Boise, Idaho. Oh, I know that. But where, like, whose land is I'm, it sitting on? Yeah. I am downtown Boise, Idaho. So my now partner owns two lots. One's an empty lot and one's the house he lived on. And so now we rent out the house he lived in. And we live in the tiny house on the empty lot. Oh, interesting. And is it, uh, I mean, is it legal to have the house there as far as the local laws and ordinance goes? Nope. No? Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, nope. <laughs> I, uh, well, it's difficult to find a legal situation. You know, it's totally fine to have a tiny house. It's totally fine to build, you know, a homemade RV. It's fine to own one. It's fine to park it. The legal gray area is when you're living in it full time. Right. Um, so in my counting, you can only live full-time in an RV for 30 days at a time in one location. Um, that's a zoning ordinance, and zoning ordinances are only, you know, enforced if they're complained about. So I took the stance that I was going to go talk to all the neighbors. So two and a half years ago, I went and talked to all the neighbors. They seemed fine with the idea, and uh, I let them know, you know, if, if ever you don't want me here, I'd prefer you tell me first, but all you have to do is make a call to the city, and, and they'll have to boot me, you know. Right. And you kind of empower people with that, and they're a lot cooler about things. So I did that, and I've been living there for two and a half years, and, and my neighbors seem to really like that the tiny house is in the neighborhood. You know, it, it kind of adds a, a quirkiness to the neighborhood. I get lots of walk-bys and lots of knock-bys and lots of drive-bys. Wow. We, had, we, we did hear you get a lot of that going on. Is it, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Macy, is it a nuisance? Yeah, it is, actually, <laughs> at times. Um, <laughs> I've never been shy about that, even when they come to the door, you know, because uh, what happened uh, about, gosh, just after Hazel was born, so, like, she was, like, two, three months old, and people would just knock on my door. And what happened was the, the local paper published my home address on the front page of the newspaper. Oh my gosh. After I asked them not to, not to do that, you know, they published the address. And so there was two weekends in a row. I left the house. I had literally hundreds of people knocking on the door. Oh my God. And, uh, I, I like stoked that people are in the tiny houses, you know, and they were all very positive, but sitting on the inside when you're not fully legal and you don't know, why this person's coming to your door, you know, maybe they do like your house, but maybe they're there because you pissed them off somehow, you right. know? What, um, what were they wanting? Yeah, it's not a, a great situation to be on. Um, but yeah, I, those two weekends after that paper article came out, I felt like a tiger in a cage, you know? So, like, literally people, it, it was, like, stopped in the street drive-bys. And uh, people out taking their iPhones out, taking pictures, knocking on the doors, telling me about their uncle that lives in an RV. And, you know, it was just insane. And I have this two-month-old baby I'm trying to get to nap and stuff. It was not cool. I left those two weekends. And 
it's definitely slowed down, but it's very normal to have 10 to 15 drive-bys a day where people stop at and take their pictures with wow. the, the tiny house. It's pretty wow, funny. Wow, that's totally crazy. I had a similar, I mean, I had a similar situation with the press that had actually, um, you know, published my address in the local newspaper, and it's sort of the same thing. I, of course, don't live in mine yet. I'm building it. But what yeah. then happened is I had another, I had a, you know, we all have kind of our typically nosy neighbor and then I had my nosy neighbor that decided she was the tour guide for my tiny house <laughs> oh, that was being built. So she would bring people over to get oh my tours God. of my tiny house when I wasn't even home. But anyway, so. But anyway, yeah, so. I saw people doing that while I was building. Like, I would come, because I, I lived pretty close to where I live now, but I built about 20 miles away. And I would come out to build on my house, and people would be walking through it, you know? It's like, what are you doing? There's doors. There's locks. Like, <laughs> just go into people's houses. <laughs> uh, but it's a novelty, you know? And uh, it's it's really kind of frustrating at times. But at the same time, I'm, I'm glad that people find it interesting enough to be curious, you know? Yeah. You just yeah. need to go, oh, I've been waiting for you. Bring them in and then say... Okay, after they show them, say the tour was $100. Thank you. <laughs> well, I open my house up, you know, three or four times a, a, a year. I do an open house just so people can walk through. You know, it was really difficult for me to find kind of a tiny space to walk through when I was building. And so I want to give that opportunity to people. But it's it's like you gotta wait, dude. I, I can't do you all one at a time. Right. I'm gonna group you into an open house. Just give me a, a month or two. Right. So talk about if you wouldn't mind, you know you, you have a family of four right now, including the dog, five soon. Mm -hmm. Um including the dog, right? Yeah. How yeah. uh kinda what's a what's a day in the life look like in two hundred square well, 220. I don't want to jip you, but in that many square feet. In that many square feet. Uh, all right. Well, it's it's pretty boring like other people's lives are probably when you take them apart. Right. <laughs> but um, now James, uh, my partner James, is also in architecture, and he does – well, we both do consulting for various firms around the, the city and even outside the city. Um, so we have a, a shop that we work in because it got a little too much for us to be both working in this tiny house as well as living in the tiny house, sure, you know? Sure, um, So we have a shop that it's a converted garage that we work out of for the most part. Um, so he gets up, and he does a lot more work than me. Um, I, I stay at home with the kiddo, uh, which I enjoy, and I I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, so he'll, he'll get up and, and go to work, and I will get up and you know, take Hazel and Denver to the park or whatever. Um, it's been a lot of park runs this summer. The weather's changing, so we'll see how that changes. Hazel's a very active little girl, so I need to find some indoor play areas or something. <laughs> that's that's the hard part of my life is finding indoor play areas for my kid. And, uh, yeah, we just chill out at home, and she when she takes a nap, I do my work. I'm usually... That's when I blog or when I'm most present in the Facebook group, you know? Right. Um, and then she gets up, we play some more and uh, cook some dinner and have our boring little life. <laughs> so it, it's, when I think of an architect, I think of their house squeaky clean and a place for everything and everything in its place. Are you guys like that or are you dirty slobs in your house? <laughs> oh, I used to be like that until I had kids. <laughs> Houses are great for cleaning, you know? Yeah. 
I can clean the whole thing in ten minutes, but Hazel can mess it all up in six. So it's a constant <laughs> effort. Um, yeah, when I have people drop by, I, I now suggest they they give me a heads up at least, so I can try to make the house look cleaner. Because she, we we recently did an addition on the back for the kids, and uh, and closed our patio, and I put two big toy drawers underneath the bottom bunk bed. And she absolutely loves those, and she she loves to pull out the drawers and pull literally every toy out of the yeah. drawers and bring them into the living room and show me, and then drop them and go get the next one. And, you know, every day I pick up, I swear, every single toy she has, which is not very many, but it's it's a lot in a tiny house. <laughs> sure. Well, you must just have to bum-rush those diapers out the door. <laughs> 200 square feet, you know. You know, that's what people say. It's it's not a big deal. I mean, I dump the garbage, you know. it's We don't have any diaper genie or any magical contraptions or anything right. like that. Uh, it, it really doesn't smell like dirty diapers in my house. Or dog. It's either dirty diapers or, or dog, dog that yeah. I get the comments on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to ask that next, actually. I'm I, such a nice guy. Um, <laughs> what's your... So you said then you, the house, you have a house next door in the other lot. Is that... Do you guys still have access to that house or is that leased out to somebody else? No, we rent that out. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, well, we still have access because we're their landlord, but sure. <laughs> uh, we, we leave them be. They're, they're nice people. We don't want to rush them off. Right, nice. So I think yours is, like, maybe the first official or definitely the most visible tiny house that got remodeled. I mean, from my perspective, I think that's one of the best things about a tiny house is that you can, you know, literally tear down walls, add walls, change your siding, and and do all that. So what was that experience like? I mean, you know, was it was it pretty normal as far as remodels go? Or um, what was that experience like, actually remodeling a tiny? And just, just for the listeners, if you could tell us what your house looked like before and then after the remodel. Sure. Um, so my house has been a testing facility for me. So I had radiant heat floor. And for that, you know, to work efficiently, you need kind of a heavy thermally massive product. Um, so I had tile floors. I had really dark tile floors throughout my house. Um, and it just didn't work out to be as efficient as I had hoped because it was electric radiant heat um, rather than hydro or, or whatever. Um, so we ended up ripping that out. It was a very standard process. I determined I need to stop doing construction projects pregnant. I uh, was seven months pregnant when we finished that. Uh but, yeah, it was a fun project. We just worked on it on the weekends. So we enclosed the patio, just added a couple walls, uh, made some bunk beds for the kiddos, and uh, redid all the floors, countertops, and everything. Um, and it's, you know, it, it looked more uh, contemporary probably before. Um, it had kind of darker, you know, colors and is more stark and contrasty and blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it's it looked like it belonged in Dwell, you know, before, yeah. where now we kind of ripped all that out and put some bamboo and just some warmer materials, and, and it just feels more homey to me, personally. Nice. Uh, the floors are a lot less cold, which was the goal of replacing those. Um, since I have kiddos crawling around on, you know, the floor, I don't want them to be little ice cubes, which, unless I paid to heat the floor, it's it, the way it worked out. <clears throat> Um, so I, I don't know. I'm really loving the addition and the, uh, the whole renovation personally. It, it just kind of lightened everything up. I had, a, you know, a dark tiles in the shower and I, I redid that to be, you know, white and bright and it's just, it's more cheery. I don't know. I like it better. Do you still have the radiant heat then? 
Nope, ripped it all out. So part of that was, you know, my my trailer's rated for 21,000 pounds, which is a huge trailer, uh, but I had a 6,000-pound floor system in it. <laughs> so wow. I added on the, the back, and so I wanted to take some weight out. But it really, it, it had to do with taking weight out, but it also had to do with taking the radiant heat out. Because it was just, it was cold unless I paid to heat it. So it really wasn't that efficient. So what kind of heat do you have in there now? Oh, I've tried lots of different things. Um, so the Radiant was my primary. And then I had um, I had an Envy heater, which is a convection heater. Um, and it worked great until it got to about 30 degrees outside. And then I had to supplement more with it. But last winter, or two winters ago probably, um, they had those big storms on the East Coast, and my, my cousin lives on the East Coast, and he was without power for nine days, and it kind of made me realize, like, the only heat I have is electric, and if I, it, it, you know, if the power goes out, then I'm totally screwed on heat, and so I got a propane heater, so right now I use the NV heater and the propane heater in conjunction, I'll use the NV heater down to about 45 or so degrees, and then I'll flip on the propane heater. Um, and then I've used infrared heat that didn't work out as well as, as I'd hoped. Um, I've used electric radiant heat, just a space heater. Um, I, I try to test different things and then tell people, you know, this worked well because of this and this didn't work well because of this. I just like to have kind of real life experience to be able to talk from. Did you, have you considered a, uh, I have no bias, but have you considered a, a wood stove? I have, they put off a lot of heat. Um, I, you know, it's, it's really not hard to heat my house. I have a great Dane in there all the time and, you know, three or four bodies at a time in there. So it really doesn't take a lot of heat and wood stoves, you know, they take a while to get going and to get warmed up and then they put off a lot of heat. Like the, yeah. the smallest wood stove that I was looking at was uh, good up to, I, I think like 1200 square feet. Wow. And so I've heard from people that you can just burn yourself out really fast in a tiny house because it's, it's so small in comparison. <laughs> but not only that, I have kids and pets, you know, and that's, I don't want them touching it and getting burnt. Oh, yeah. How many BTU, um, to speak tech for a minute, how many BTU is your propane heater? It is a 12,000 BTU, I believe. Okay. I was just wondering. It's it's awesome to have because you can go and flip it on and, the, you know, it could be ice cold in the house and in 10 minutes the thing is warm and toasty and then you just flip it off. It's super efficient and super fast. I love it. Mine's getting installed next week. Um, mine is 14,000 BTU, but I also have the, the taller ceilings in the loft. Yeah. Um, to... And yours is longer, isn't it? Uh, mine is 24. Oh, no. We're, oh, well, I guess mine's longer now with the addition. Yeah, yeah. So in the tiny house world, who, like, tell us a little bit about how you sort of fell into a tiny house or, or who inspires you? Did you read a book? Did you see something on the Internet? How did you actually get inspired to start building a tiny house? What clicked? What about a tiny house clicked for you? It, it really, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it really does go back to that dream that I had. I had no idea tiny houses were a thing, to be totally 100% honest with you. Um, I had a dream and I was like, that makes sense. Why don't people do that? You know, and I woke up and I was like, well, people live on boats all the time. You know, why can't you do that? I'm terrified of water. So I, I have no interest in having a boathouse. Um, <laughs> but I was like, well, I could do the same thing. I'll just put it on a trailer. And I started like Googling it. And then a picture of Jay Schaefer came up, you know, I was Googling uh, boat appliances because I wanted to see if they had kind of smaller, more compact appliances. 
And uh, he, he came up quite a ways down the stream because I didn't Google tiny house, you know, I, I Googled boat appliances. And, uh, and I saw that somebody else did this. I'm like, that, that gives credibility to it. You know, I'm not the only crazy one in the world. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, you know, you find Jay Schaefer and the whole Pandora's box opens up. And, you know, within a week, I bought a trailer. So Wow, but, when was that? Yeah. That was 2011. That was November 2011. Wow. So who? Yeah, it was right around Thanksgiving, and everybody thought I was nuts. Like, <laughs> not not my family. We we always host Thanksgiving, and at my my folks' place at least. And uh, I had a lot of support instantly. I was like really scared to tell my family. You know, they think I'm weird, but you know, I, I didn't want to push that boundary. And I told them, and they thought it was an awesome idea. They told me how perfect it was for me, and so that made me feel better. And then we had Thanksgiving, and all the extended family came over and told me how nuts they thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just bought this trailer. Check it out. This is what I'm going to do. And they're just like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what do they think now? Uh, a lot of them still think the same thing, but I'm a novelty, too. Like, I just had a whole bunch of family come to town, and it's funny because, like, it was my cousin's mom or cousin's mother-in-law and father-in-law actually follow my blog, which I had no idea. And they invited themselves over. And then, you know, of course my cousins come over and, you know, they, they think I'm a little weird. You can tell when people come over kind of what their feelings are. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I don't, I don't care. It's, it's my choice, not theirs. I'm not telling them they should do it, you know, <laughs> but I do feel like a little bit of a, a sideshow sometimes. <laughs> so so everyone loves your tiny house here's an interesting question for you whose tiny house do you love it is not true that everyone loves my tiny house oh, i have plenty of examples <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm yeah. interested in hearing um, that <laughs> you know i i love that everybody's tiny house works for them uh i like ideas from other people's houses i like my house best that's why i designed it the way i did you know if I didn't, I would change it. Um, I I like the the variation in the movement. You know, some people, like Nikki Joe's, you know, Ravenlore tiny house. I think that's awesome. I would never live in it, but I, I think it's it's brilliant that she has a pink and purple tiny house. You know, um, and, and there's there's some bold moves, and people get to really express themselves, and I really appreciate that about the movement and that. It's kind of taking things back, you know. I feel like architecture has kind of gotten lost in these systems and this, you know, assembly line process uh, when it comes to housing. And this is totally different than that. This is people expressing themselves and making their own personal machine for living in, you know. I think that's cool. That's interesting that you call it a machine. Why do you use that word? That's a favorite quote of mine is Le Corbusier is an architect and, and his kind of theory on architecture was, you know, it's a machine for living, you know, it's a machine for working. And that's what I try to do in my day job. You know, I try to flesh out, you know, what it is, you know, this factory needs done and how this building can help that process be better. That's kind of what architecture is to me is making it more reactive, but it's a whole different level on a residential level because it's so personal, you know, it's, that's why I don't like commercial architecture. It's it's not personal. People separate, you know, their life from their work, but it's hard to separate your life from your house. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why you have people who love your house and people who don't because it's yeah. such a personal. And I'm decision. never offended when people don't. I, it's funny. People are like, I really don't like this about it. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's easiest to, 
it's way easier to separate yourself from the criticism of strangers than it is to separate yourself from the criticism of friends and family. So Absolutely. if you were able to do that first, then the strangers, you know, and the, and the press and, and that really doesn't matter. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. Actually. I have oh, to admit. Me too. It took time. Yeah. It was a hard lesson for me to learn. And one that I really didn't expect because you go out in the world and you're like, I'm doing the coolest thing in the whole wide world. And then you find that people think they don't agree with you and they actually go so yeah. far as to criticize you. And you're like, why did you just, you're picking on yeah, me? You're being mean. Yeah, no, I, that was a really hard lesson for me to learn. I, you know, I didn't get into blogging or, or building or anything for publicity or attention. Never once did I think that, you know, anyone more than my mother would read my blog, you know? And then I got picked up by Yahoo and the, like, I almost shut everything down and took everything down with as much criticism as I got yeah. from that Yahoo article. Wow. I was in tears for days wow. and like, I just stopped. I didn't realize people could be so mean. It's not like I was, you know, attacking them or right. anything, but they were sure attacking me. What were they saying? Oh, it was, it got really personal. I was pregnant with Hazel when that hit and they made comments about my parenting skills, oh. um, which is really hard to take. Sure. Now, I can, I can have somebody criticize me, but I don't know what kind of a parent I'm going to be, you know, I Nobody does. And you don't need to criticize someone when they're still pregnant with their kid and scared, you know, anyways. Right. Um, but, no, there's a lot of, you know, personal, this this person could never be a parent. Her daughter's going to be embarrassed. And, like, just kind of personal attacks like that. I've had people, you know, threaten to call, a, I don't know, ASPCA or whatever for animal abuse on me for putting a dog <laughs> through that. And, like, it's just insane stuff, you know, like that they know nothing about and they're just mean and it's just the internet and it's just the way it is, which is kind of like a whole other little campaign I've started. Because <laughs> it's if just you can't like, say it's anything totally nice, cool. don't say and anything if I wasn't at all. me, you know, I, I fight against that stuff. But if, if I was somebody different, that would shut me down. I would stop going forward. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's pitiful that that's, you know, what society does. Right. This is uncomfortable for somebody, so I'm going to shut them down, you know? Yeah. So just to bring the, um, just to tell the listeners, um, you posted a, you posted a video recently about an interaction between your toddler and your Great Dane. It was just so awesome. And um, to answer Mark's question sort of about how, what does it look like day to day? I imagine there's a lot of really fun moments like that. Um, so to, to give you a bit of a visual. Um, Wait, let me explain it. Cause nobody has explained this right. <laughs> like this is another one where people, I, my daughter has been called so many names. She's almost 18 months old. I think she was like 16 months old when I took this video and she has been called some of the ugliest names in the world. <laughs> And and somebody's calling a toddler these names, and it's like, wait, turn turn your finger around. You're calling a baby these horrible names. Wow. What does that make you? <laughs> but the story is, so Denver, my dog, and my daughter Hazel were playing, and Hazel had this blanket. She kept throwing on the floor and then going to get a toy to put on the blanket. And the dog kept going and laying on the blanket and, and kind of just messing with her. You know, they play with each other constantly. And so they did this, like, five different times. And so I finally got the camera out, and I recorded it. And Hazel comes out. Hazel's, you know, this 23-pound baby, and my dog's a 150-pound Great Dane. And uh, she comes out, and she just swats him on the face, you know. And she didn't actually even touch him, but she swatted at his face and got him to get up, you know. And I thought it was hilarious. 
but that meant that I was a terrible mother and my, my daughter's this horrible bee and you know, <laughs> but it was hilarious it and was. nobody was in any danger. I wouldn't have the dog if the dog was any danger to my child, you know. I love my dog, but sorry, kids first, yeah. you know. Um but yeah, that's a great example of, of people. <laughs> so, so you had a you had filmed the video of your daughter's making us a, a swipe at the dog's face and people interpreted that as negative. Yeah. Yeah. It was that my daughter's going to get mauled and it's going to be the dog's fault. And you know, the only people that actually made a positive comment were either friends and family of mine or dog trainers that said, no, this is exactly how a dog needs to respond. Like you, you need to know your place, especially around little irrational people, you know, right, <laughs> so right. he did good. But the truth of the matter is he was messing with her. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious as well. I thought it was I thought it was poignant. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was hilarious as well. But maybe because I just know you, like you said, it was the friends and family that that thought it was very cool. But uh, but again, I think it's it further illustrates sort of um, what life is like in a tiny house. Everybody has their place. Everybody has their position, and and uh, the dog seems to understand his position on that blanket. <laughs> that's what he thinks he has two dog beds in the house and he messes with oh the kids <laughs> that's great so so macy what's what's your opinion of the of where the tiny house movement is going that's a really broad question <laughs> um i don't think it's going anywhere um i i think things are changing in very different ways all over the country um it's interesting because i, I I put together some videos recently and, and some courses, um, and I did some case studies in them of various cities around the country and, and how they're approaching tiny houses. You know, it started because Jay Schaefer, you know, wanted a small house, and he wasn't allowed to build one, so he put one on wheels, and it kind of, you know, sparked this movement that's just been rolling. And it's I think about half of the people are into it because it's mobile, but the other half just want a small space, you know. And so cities are kind of starting to catch on and, and trying to figure out ways to legalize that for, for people or they're preparing to lose, you know, citizens. And, uh, and there is, like, examples, like, for Texas, when, when they stated that, you know, they're tiny house, you know, friendly, people picked up and moved to Spur, Texas. There's a real draw for it right now. Wow. Um, it's interesting to see how all the jurisdictions are, are approaching it. Um, I don't know that anyone's found the right way yet, but it's cool to see that they are trying, you know, whether they're trying to legalize them as on wheels or making exceptions so that people can build small dwellings on foundations. What, um, what, I think it's pretty cool. What unique thing did they do in that town in Texas that you're talking about that was so different when they said they were tiny house friendly? Well, they, I mean, they just made that statement. Um, so Spur, Texas, uh, it's kind of a, a, for lack of a better word, it's it's kind of a dying community. You know, they, they have a lot of young people leaving and not many coming in. And so the population was getting kind of older and they were looking to kind of revitalize the town. And so this was an opportunity for them. And, and they kind of stated we're tiny house friendly. And then um, a bunch of people picked up and moved there. And they're like, no, no, we mean on foundations, not on wheels. You know? <laughs> Right, and 
and they did good. You know, they, they made the decision that uh, you could move a tiny house on wheels there, but you have to take the axles 